0: crossover, the second installment of a crossover pod uh, between the rebuild with myself, Jordan Zerm, and Browns film a Breakdown with my man, Jake Burns. The first time we did this, Jake, it was pretty big news um, with the with the Browns hiring uh, Freddie Kitchens, but this feels like it's blowing that one out of the water as the Browns have officially traded for... Odell Beck- Beckham Jr and it doesn't feel it I don't it doesn't feel quite real that we can say that Odell Beckham Jr is a member of the Cleveland Browns it's going to take some time to process that fully but Jake just your sort of initial thoughts cuz we'd heard some rumors in the past couple weeks there'd been a lot of smoke blowing around but it just never seemed to get past that stage and then all of a sudden it comes together today what was your first thought when you heard that the trade had actually gone down well ironically i was on the phone
1: with um with bob bob evans who works at the obr with me um and I was just kind of flipping through my phones. We were talking about some rumors that Lane had heard over at, at the OBR. Um, Lane Atkins, who does a lot of stuff, rumor central stuff. Browns fans seem to, seem to like. And I'm uh, just scrolling, and I'm like, this, this, wait, what? Like, <laughs> you know, the the escalating, like, this might, this is real. There's a check mark by that guy's name. And uh, yeah, man, I'm with you. It, it it doesn't, it seems so Madden. It doesn't seem real. We had we had almost talked this into. <laughs> into reality and, and listen man and take some credit yourself. Like that the the, the text you put out today, that's that's real. Like that's those that were real. People were giving you shit about it and they should walk back on it and You know, like take uh, dump your chest a little bit. I saw you you (laughs) tweeted something. You you tweeted something, and you should have like listen. For the record, like I know Jordan is not going to like. This is what we do. Like we, this is the profession we are trying to be in. Jordan is way more professional at it than I am. He is good at this. He's not going to post out texts from people that are just like a buddy of his. Like these, he works with people who are known. He gets this message. He's going to pass it along. And this is how it works. Like, he's only going to do it if he believes it. He's not going to sell out people. Like, this is this is what people were doing last week. I didn't – I heard from somebody I trust. I didn't want to say anything because you don't know for sure. But this is the idea, that they were talking, they were being aggressive, and it looks like the Giants felt that it was the right time to pull the trigger and get something back for the guy. It's like, just stop giving people crap. Like, we all have the best intentions in mind. Like, we Jordan's not going to put that out there unless it's real, unless he feels like the person who tells him this is real. So, you know, I'm sorry man. I had to No, it's about.
0: I I appreciate it. It 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 was one of the stranger things today was like the the response like how riled up people get when like you and I were texting and it was like I'm just trying to share some information that and, and like you said, I, I am not, I, although I cover teams, like I'm not somebody that's out here breaking news or cultivating sources all over the place, but I do know people from my uh, various stops in my my sports media career, and sometimes I people tell me things, and um, I'm not usually one to pass along that information, so when I do, yeah, it's like 100% going to be something that I'm going to feel comfortable tweeting out because we all have our reputations and that's not something I'm willing to put on the line because yeah my like buddy's cousin was just like what's up I was at a bar and I heard you know like that's (laughs) not that's not what it ever is and so I was very weirded out by some responses of just like how angry people were like you're a liar there's no way this could ever happen you're just doing this for the likes and retweets it's like I don't (laughs) no man I'm doing this because Somebody I trust told me this, and it excites me both as somebody uh, who is in the media and somebody who's been a Browns fan all of his life. So, yeah, it was there were some weird responses, there were some weird subtweets from people that I will just never understand. But then, you know, I, it was funny because um, it, the one thing was I was literally getting out of my car to go to the gym, and I usually just like leave my phone. In my in the locker, like I don't really even have it with me. And I got that text like as I was walking in. So I it sort of threw off my entire like I like to be focused when I'm trying mm-hmm. to do some sort of workout. And it just threw the whole thing off because I was like, well, this is a big deal. And Then I debated for like 20 minutes about whether I should share it or not because like at first I was so excited and I wanted to and then I was like, think about this, is this something you want to put out there? And then I felt comfortable enough to do it and um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like part of the reason that text came today was because the talks had accelerated and it was moving to a place of more seriousness than it had because we had an instance like this where there were some cryptic tweets from uh, tweets from people like a week ago about yeah you know and one was from my my co-worker on uh, the tomahawk podcast andrew hawkins he put out a cryptic tweet and i was like well it has to be about odell beckham jr but then nothing happened so my whole kind of guess on this and jake we can kind of get you know things you've heard too and, and where you feel this was but um it seems like Yeah, these talks had had been ongoing, and maybe these talks were involved when the Browns traded for Olivier Vernon, and and it just didn't become a package thing. And they said, okay, we'll revisit OBJ. But I mean, obviously, John Dorsey has been talking to the Giants for a while. We saw him sitting next to Gettleman at the Combine. They make the trade for Olivier Vernon. And then this week, and specifically today, and that's part of why the language in the text that I got when there was like this 24-hour window, which is then something I heard Ian Rappaport repeat on NFL Network just a few minutes ago about he was saying that um, the the Giants shopped the Browns off or around essentially, and were looking to see if anybody could beat it. Um, and that's why I think today things escalated, and that's why I think I got that text, and that's why I think other people had, had heard similar things, was because it got to a point where the Giants found either nobody was willing to beat the deal that the Browns had, which... I don't know if I fully would understand, because it doesn't, and we'll get into this too, but it doesn't seem like the deal the Giants got is, is what we expected they were going to get. But it does seem like their level of urgency, the Giants, uh, in that regard, got to a place where it was time to pull the trigger. Yeah,
1: I mean, ton of excellent stuff there. I, I mean, I... I think that my hunches, and I'm God, my hunches are so wrong sometimes <laughs> is that, is that originally it was Olivier Vernon and Anne Odell and they were trying to package something with Zeitler with a second piece, whether that piece was Emmanuel Agba, cause I had heard this, this is the, the connection I had heard. It was a, it was Zeitler Agba, a defensive piece, whether that was Peppers or Kindred. And then I had heard originally this year's first, next year's second. So that's what I had gathered. So this was something along those lines, and my guess is that they didn't feel comfortable quite yet. They wanted to test the market on Odell about, can you beat what the Browns have on the table? I've seen a couple reports since I've been sitting here scrolling through Twitter of people uh, beat writers who cover other teams. The the Niners and, the, and, the, and it looks like the Bills, too, were at least asked by the Giants about their interests. My guess is when that happened, can you beat what the Browns are offering? The sticking point might have been that player. It could have been Agba all along, and they said we need something better. And then it's Peppers, and then all of a sudden the deal is done. That's my hunch. I opened the deal. I was thoroughly surprised and pleased that it did not include a first round or second round pick next year. Like we get out of this draft and we're free and clear. And you have Odell Beckham who will be 27 net, not this you know this 26 this year, 27 next year, still a young player in his prime. Yep. It just, I don't know, man. I don't know how it could get any better. Look, I, I love Jabril Peppers, his swag, his his confidence, the way he grew as a player here. I feel for the dude going from, you know, the 0-16 and, and taking a beating and then turning it around and getting it right and a part of the turnaround. And it's business. It sucks. Like, that part of it sucks. But he'll have a good career in New York. I have no doubt about that. But there should be no ill will toward this movie. I need people to understand this Jordan you it's an offensive league it is it is an offensive league and that is that is without a doubt not going to change in the immediate future you need as many offensive weapons as you can possibly have and this is where Odell Beckham is different than anybody else like people are talking about Tyro Williams a fine player in his own right but he is a vertical I will stretch the field. And um, can run a limited route tree, can go up and get the ball a little bit, but I'll stretch the field, and that's that's fine. He would have been a fine player to add. Same with Brashad Perriman, who is as reports now that he kind of want, I think he wants out of the deal he was uh, in agreement with, yes. and that makes sense because he's not going to get chances. This guy is different. I don't I don't know if people watched him enough or they're like you get the highlight place but it's not just the highlight place he can line up inside he can line up outside he can run the full diverse route tree and make your best corner look stupid he can go up and get the football he can run past you and get the ball he can run after the catch he is the total package this is the player in the at the one of the premier positions that impact win probability in the nfl and the browns got him and they didn't destroy their draft and they gave up a player that is not a, a very vital part of their franchise. He's a good player. You have to give up things, but he is not a, a key difference maker in them winning a Super Bowl because the Browns, as you have seen tonight, have been connected to Earl Thomas. Not sure if that's official, but they're at least connected to him. They will be connected to more safeties, and they will have a chance to take a safety and a rich safety draft. I don't know how this could be a bigger home run. That's just me. Where are you at with the actual value of what happened? What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. I I think to your point, I think people have forgotten how good Odell Beckham Jr. is. One, partially because he's dealt with injuries over the last couple of years and you haven't seen him as much. Two, and that was going to be my next point, he's had to play on a team with, for whatever reason, the Giants are sticking with a quarterback who is clearly on the, not even starting to be on the downswing of his career, but like very firmly entrenched in the downswing of his career um is is not getting you saw early in the season I, I know there was a video making its rounds on Twitter of just overthrowing Odell Beckham Jr. on multiple routes underthrowing him on routes just stuff that would as as a wide receiver who is in your prime would frustrate the hell out of you um not getting the ball where you want it and and I think that the, the one thing that you hear over and over and over again from the, the exact media people that you would expect to kind of give out this opinion is like this stuff gets overshadowed by their infatuation with Odell Beckham's sort of sideline antics, quote unquote antics, how, how he is in the off season. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like there's also the the boat picture has never, they've never lived that down as far as reputation wise when a few years ago, you know, Odell took all his sort of offensive New York Giants teammates on a boat, and then they immediately sort of flamed out in the playoffs. And um, the, that reputation has sort of followed him, especially in New York, and especially when they're not playing well. And I've, I, I've always loved Odell Beckham Jr.'s passion. I've always loved. Um, his dancing, like I've, I, I've enjoyed his personality, and I know that there are people that think that stuff is over the top, or he has he had some out quote-unquote outbursts on the sideline. Sure, but like none of that stuff matters when either A, you're winning, which the Browns are now going to be expected and should be able to do with the type of offense they're going to have on the field in 2019. And then just a guy that by all accounts of teammates and guys that have been in locker rooms with him the the thing you hear is that he just he will work his ass off now he maybe you will have to deal with a angry odell every once in a while on the sideline but that is a very very small price to pay for somebody with the talent of a guy like you said who not only is a guy that uh, kind of became known for one-handed catches and sort of changed the league in that regard but a guy that's going to catch a five yard slant and burn the guy that's trying to cover him over the middle or is going to make a move on the outside after he catches a 10 yard out and go up the field and I think when you're looking to compare him and it's really funny that they're together now and they were teammates at LSU but like Jarvis Landry has a lot of that same personality that Odell Beckham does he's fiery um Mm -hmm. he's emotional he gets upset when things aren't going well and you saw a little bit of that in games early on in the season when Jarvis Landry was visibly upset uh, during some parts of the games but like to me to harp on that stuff when you have the type of talent that both those guys have but specifically Odell Beckham Jr. who is a generational NFL wide receiver like that stuff does not matter in the grand scheme of things, especially if he's going to turn your take your football team from what the Browns were going to be next year, which was they were going to be a good offense. They had added some defensive pieces that had you really, really excited. It was going to be another step forward. Elde Beckham Jr. now accelerates what um, what our expectations are and what the Browns should be. He takes the Browns from maybe a fringe playoff contender, a, a competitor to um, maybe get in the conversation and maybe win the AFC North to now you're talking about definitely winning the AFC North. Now you're talking about making a deep run into the playoffs. Like to acquire a guy that can change the conversation at a snap of the fingers like that, you, you put some of those things aside and and you move forward. And I, I am thrilled that John Dorsey, I think, is thinking exactly along those lines. He sees this window and he, he dove in and I, like you said, I can't find any reason to be upset about this deal at all.
1: Yeah, like expert curveball from typical John Dorsey move, right? Well, we don't think we can quite <laughs> yeah. go for it yet. Yeah, come on, dude. I uh, know. Um, he'd be terrible to play poker with, by the way. He mm-hmm. gives us cards up
0: early. Yeah, you like um, now you have a you have a full house. I'm folding.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm out. I'm out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a uh, I, I'll say this. You, you made some great points about Jarvis and, and, and Odell. The people so often get confused with uncoachable slash crybaby whatever. It's not that it's passion. Mm-hmm. It is passion to win football games. Do you know when Jarvis Landry wasn't complaining is when they're winning football games. So you get these guys together. You have a really good nucleus and you just, I don't, I truly don't think they're gonna care who the success falls on. Odell has money. I know there's, I just actually just read that he wants to rework his deal yeah. to uh, to make some more money uh, along the lines of Antonio Brown, which is fine. That's actually probably uh, advantageous for the Browns because you get a chance to front load it when you have the cap spike here uh, with the rollover and take advantage of that, which they should do that. But um, anyway, um, and then you know you have Jarvis who's also getting paid. So these guys that are your two quote unquote hotheads, which I don't love that phrase. I don't love it. You know, I don't believe in that at all, but they're passionate about when they don't care. Like if the the stats don't matter to them as long as W's happen. Any team when losing happens is going to have dissension, whether that is visible to you on the sideline or happens from passive aggressiveness in a locker room, like it's going to happen. Like that's how losing affects people. You just don't like that. You can see Odell Beckham getting mad. You just don't like that. You can see Jarvis Landry getting mad and it's different than how you would approach it. That's not it, man. Those guys guys are bred different. You're sitting on your couch. They're suiting up like gladiators in a freaking football game. It's different. It is different. It's a different mindset. It's a different world. Absolutely. And it's not how you might want them to act, but that's how they act and they care about winning. My concern when I look at the Browns and from a fan or media perspective or whatever is do the guys on this football team care about winning? And I think everybody that they have brought in is all in on the goal to win. You have a young nucleus now. I think the oldest of the group of nucleus players with air quotes because, you know, that's a loose term right now, but the, the oldest one is Joel Batonio is 27. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. The The window is real. The window is here. They're going to add more. They're going to improve the depth with best player available in the draft. Um, I, I will try to pin something this week on – how he fits just different route tree stuff he will do to provide for mayfield but there should be there should be no apprehension i don't think you're going to see people clamoring for targets you're going to have Callaway on a young contract just playing his butt off trying to get as much as he can same with david njoku who's going to be a threat you have I, mean, I just keep forgetting they have kareem hunt i know i know it's like an afterthought I, it's like, now it's crazy it's bizarre dude it is very bizarre and then it's a. Uh, you know, you also still have Jarvis, and then it, I, I think if they're going to let Perriman go, you're going to look at Rush, Rashard Higgins being back in yep. in some capacity and just be a really solid football player. The depth is there. The beautiful part is instead of having guys gassed from running vertical concepts from you know two offensive coaches who really enjoy calling that, you're going to have rotational players that can come in fresh. Imagine, um, you know, imagine Antonio Callaway being able to lift the lid for you uh, 25, 30 snaps a game. I mean, come on, what what more do you want? I, it, it's hard to imagine. This offense, um, just depth-wise, what it will look like, and, and, and they have some things to plug defensively, linebacker, some of that stuff we can talk about another day. But um, just, just an absolute home run, a plus for me. I, I when I when I read that they gave up Jabril, slight second of well, oh, that kind of stinks. But when I saw that it did not include two first-round picks in terms of next year's draft and affecting the future beyond this draft. I just feel as good about it as I can, man. I would encourage everybody to be as excited as you can possibly be. You have, I don't, I don't know, Jordan. You're a better pop culture guy than I am, in my opinion. You cover, you cover way more stuff than I do. I'm not sure there's a more popular NFL player than Odell Beckham, and I'm not sure there's a more popular player on the rise than Baker Mayfield. Correct me if I'm wrong there.
0: No, I mean, I think you're, I think you're pretty spot on, especially just in terms of. You know, you, people talk about players' gravity and energy, and if you're talking about two guys that players gravitate toward because of just how passionate they are about the game and their sort of energy, and all you heard this year about Baker Mayfield was how he does that at every place he's been, and now you're putting Odell Beckham. Yeah, no, they are two of the most sort of both on and off the field, especially Odell off the field. Like he, He's his own—he's a celebrity in every sort of— um, what's the word i'm looking here but in, in every sense of the word he is that guy and yeah no i i would not disagree with you there they are the star power and the sort of popularity that is going on in cleveland i mean you think about like i was i was thinking about this when this happened and it's not to the same scale but i remember when uh, LeBron came back to the Cavs in 2014 Mm -hmm. and they had a, um, they opened up, it was a, they had a scrimmage and they do this every year. They have like an intra squad scrimmage before the preseason starts. And, um, I went with my buddy, you know, it, it was all the tickets sold out. It was just like, it was like being at a regular season game. And I remember sitting there and looking at LeBron and looking at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love on the floor all at the same time. And you're looking at, you know, some of those other pieces didn't work out. But at the time, it was like Mike Miller and James Jones and like all these names. And you're just (laughs) you're just sitting there. and You can't believe believe it's real. And you can't believe that these players are on the same team, obviously, especially the big three. And that's so much of what it feels like to me right now is that the Browns have in Baker Mayfield and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And then you even flip it over to Miles Garrett. Like, they have three of maybe the top 15, top 20 players in the NFL on one team, and it just, the attention, the primetime slots, like, it is going to be so different than any season. If, you, if you're if you like Jake and I's age, if you kind of came into this in 1999 when they came back, this is going to be so different than anything we've ever experienced, but it's going to be so much fun because... In a way, it is going to be like those Cavs games early on where it was just all of the attention, all of the primetime slots. Like, this is going to be absolutely wild. And for somebody, for a fan base that has been watching horrendous football and terrible front office decisions for years and over and over and over again, like, I'm happy how quickly this happened. I'm ready. Uh, And it's just, yeah, Jake, like you said, like, it, it probably won't even really feel real until... You get to training camp and you see that number 13 standing next to number six and on offense, and you're just gonna be like, what? This is actually happening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when we see him stroll out of the
0: uh out of the locker room there in Berea, I'm sure you and I will be looking at each other like what the hell, man. <laughs> it's just it's like, yeah, this is they're going to have to build I was just joking with a friend. Like they're going to have to build a stadium in Berea for training camp. Like it's going to be going to be nuts. It's it going to be it's, If you thought when Johnny Manziel got drafted that it was nuts in Berea, this is going to be on some other <laughs> on a whole yeah. other level.
1: You're right, man. You're right. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, God, we still have over a month into the draft, and it's just going to be a really long, gruesome waiting period. But, yeah, man, our team has Odell Beckham, and I never thought I would utter those words other than if I'm playing
0: Madden. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and I, w- I wanted to great. say, too, to your point about um, you know some of the other wide receivers, it what getting Odell Beckham Jr. does, too, aside from his own talent and how that elevates the entire team, but now, now you just don't have to continue to... Because I think Antonio Callaway is going to continue to need to develop. I think he's still really Mm -hmm. raw in some areas. And, you know, Rashard Higgins obviously developed a really, really nice connection with Baker Mayfield. But you just never know from year to year. And if a guy has to take more snaps, um, run different routes, or if guys, uh, defensive coordinators are going to be paying more attention to him because they watched them on film last year and say, oh, Rashard Higgins is a guy we actually may need to game plan for. This sort of allows them to just remain in those roles that are going to be a little more under the radar, are going to be, especially for Rashard Higgins, a possession guy, and with Antonio, like you said, coming in for a handful of snaps a game to kind of take the top off the defense. You can kind of allow them to continue to grow at a decent pace instead of, you know, even if the Browns had taken a receiver high in the draft or, or or a guy that was going to come in and sort of start immediately. You still take a little bit of that pressure off guys who are still relatively unproven. And I think that's a really big deal too, because now you don't have to force Callaway and Higgins into um, roles that maybe, maybe they're still not quite ready for. And I think Odell, that impact is going to be an underrated impact on the team as well.
1: Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want Baker Mayfield to play any differently. I don't, I don't think he will. That's not who he is. He's always going to find, um, he's going to play within the structure and he's going to play within what the defense gives him. So I don't, you know, I, I don't want him changing who he is. You get guys who sometimes can linger on players that they want to get the ball to too long. And you run into some issues. I do expect, uh, I will expect, I, I some growing pains yep. this season. You're not going to start out for no uh, I d- like that kind of stuff probably won't happen, but it's going to be a growing process. You won't see much of Odell in the preseason and rightfully so, because we saw what happened to him a few years ago in Cleveland uh, with oh, his, I think right. it was his ankle then, yeah. right? Yeah. Body Calhoun got his ankle. So I don't expect them to see much. It's going to be a growing process through the season together. You want them to really, you want them to emulate what happened this year where they come along, come along, Hang around five and three, five and four, something like that, and take off at the end of the year. Like that's my vision for the whole gelling process. That this process is going to have to happen. Um, But it's good, man. Like most of these guys already know Baker. The guys they draft are no longer, you know. Cleveland is is has for so long been a draft, and you know you're almost taking your thumb and putting it over a hole in the wall and another hole in the wall, and you're you know you're trying to to cover all these holes in your roster. And they're counting on these rookies. That's not the situation. Now, there's not a single spot on the offense that has to play a rookie next year. Fantastic. Corbett, question mark. You can figure that out. You can sign somebody, somebody cheap in the middle, or draft somebody in the middle rounds, guard, center type, who can challenge him. But you don't have to. He can play. I have faith that he can play there. They don't have anybody there. The other side of the football, Maybe you need to add a corner, see what they do about the safety position, but they have two linebackers that have played with them for a while. Christian Kirksey needs a bounce back here. Defensive line, the front four look really good, Then you're just kind of seeing if they can add maybe here and there a player, draft a middle of like a Kalen Saunders kid out of um, you know the, the D2 level who's been really good. There are, there are an abundance of good options out there, but the, the point I'm trying to make is, it is not going into the draft saying man we really need a defensive tackle man we have to get x y and z anymore they don't have to plug holes they can groom rookies to to slowly get into those positions so that if somebody for example if jarvis land is ready to leave in two years you guys say hey we, you know we feel really good about higgins it doesn't matter we feel really good about callaway it doesn't matter or we drafted this kid so on and so forth and that's where we've been trying to get for so long, but the tires have just been spinning of guys that they've tried to play too early and it hasn't worked out and they've given up on. And then those guys latch on at other places. It feels like I keep saying this and I said it during the early part of the year, or sorry, the middle part of the year when we started to get some wins under our belt, that this is the NFL that so many other franchises get to enjoy. And, uh, it's going to be fun to sit back and watch how this whole process should. Because I think, too, P- Jordan, people are sleeping on how good a coaching staff that they've put together mm-hmm. here. Not just Freddie Kitchens, who we believe in. There is still inherent risk in a young, you know, a young first-time head coach. But, God, they have so many other guys who have proven themselves to be good in so many places. This is not the Cincinnati staff where there are just so many questions all over the coaching staff. This is a staff that has come off of a very good end of the season. They've added some really good names. It, it the The... Trending arrow could not be going higher. Um, and I think you just have a bunch of guys who are gonna come in really hungry. This is an opportunity to really put together a Super Bowl contender. And um Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I No, you you're, you're so it's right. It's
1: hard not to get really excited. It's hard not to you wanna be pessimistic because it's 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 in your blood at this point. Yeah. Like you talked about, we've been with it since ninety nine. You can't help but feel that way. But what you're looking at what happened to the Ravens losing so many defensive starters. Pittsburgh obviously has some sort of internal issue that is going on there. And there's no doubt Pittsburgh is not going to field the same talent level that they did the year before. And then, you know, Cincinnati is a wild card. They have obviously a good talent, you know, really good talent at some places, a good trio of skill players on offense. But they got some massive holes, and they haven't done anywhere near what they wanted to do in free agency. And a coaching staff that's a first-time young head coach who's never even been a true coordinator and you know, I I don't know, man. It just feels like you, you want to say that this is the Browns division to take and kind of from there you, you you go from there, they get in the playoffs, then you never know what can happen. So it's cool to to be in the position finally where you can say with confidence and not that, that sense in the back of my mind of like I got kind of some homerism going on here. Sure. This is real. Like the Browns have yeah. the best team in the AFC North on paper and I cannot say that since maybe 2008, but even 2008, I was still, God, I just graduated high school. I didn't even know if it felt right. You know what I mean? So yeah.
0: it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And But I mean, it, it's spot on when you look at where the Browns at are at and how young the guys that their key positions are from Miles Garrett to Baker Mayfield to Larry Ogunjobi to Denzel Ward. And now you bring in Odell Beckham jr. Who's only going to be 26. Like they have the makings of a team that will hopefully be together for the foreseeable future. And when you have something like that, um, it's, you can't help, but be excited about it because this is the way to do it. And this is the way to build a team that is going to compete for multiple years. And, Obviously, selecting Baker Mayfield has completely changed this franchise in the way that finally finding a franchise quarterback should, and you're sort of seeing what that does and how that completely changes everything, and to go from just one year after drafting Baker Mayfield to acquiring Odell Beckham Jr. is a testament to not only the confidence the Browns have in Baker, but really how they've been able to sort of build this team up uh, with young guys um, and a young core that should be together for a while. And yeah, it's, re- it's really exciting. And there there's really no reason to not think that they have the best restaurant, at least on paper right now in the AFC North, and should be legitimately competing for both that title and, and a deeper in the playoffs. And there's going to be expectations. And I'm excited to see how they deal with that. We don't, that's not something we usually get to watch the Browns deal with. And they dealt with it a little bit last year and, those questions will come again if they struggle for a couple games, but that's the best thing you could ask for is expectations on, on a Browns team and expectations to take a big leap. And, um, I, that is what 2019 and beyond is going to be. And I can't wait to see how they handle it.
1: And it's, it's, it's great. I mean, that's the, the expectations are perfect and I want to know what that's like, like, okay, if they, they, maybe they, maybe they let us down. I, I don't, I don't, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Like, it could go that direction as it could have gone with the Cavs when LeBron came back, like you mentioned earlier, you just, or the Lakers this year, you know, you yep. never know. It's never a lock is never for certain, but I would rather be here in this position where expectations are running wild than the contrary, where we're just kind of ho hum and maybe it'll work out. They're aggressive. They want to win. They brought in a winning quarterback. They brought in a winning wide receiver, um, and and I just I just feel like they have the right mixture of personalities, the right kind of laid back guys that defensively can balance out some of the aggression they have offensively. So I don't know, man. The juices are running. You know yep, how it is. It's, I know. it's crazy. It's crazy to think that they're here. And there's going to be so much left to talk about because there's going to be I I would imagine a plethora more, uh you know moves before the hell by the time we post this tonight there could be some other things that get done. You never know. But for the time being. I'm excited, Jordan. We have Odell Beckham in Cleveland. It is going to be an absolute madhouse week one when they might play a Thursday night opener um, as a part of that. Maybe that second game will hell, Maybe they schedule them with the
0: Patriots because this is going to be...
1: The, the Browns are in America's team conversation. Like, they, they are. want anything. They are
0: officially America's. Now, there's not even a conversation anymore. They yeah. are officially. They've been selected by a committee of Jake and I and maybe some other people as America's team.
1: Yep. Fun times ahead, brother. Looking forward to it, man.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. And um, it was fun to kind of hop on and do this as we were frantically texting each other and texting a thousand other people at the same time. It's been a, um, <laughs> I don't even know what time, you know, like since this broke, I've just sort of been unable to move. I've been on Twitter and texting people and a couple people have called me and it's just like, but that is, um, you know, it's a, like I, I tweeted something, but it's a, it's a fantasy turned into reality and that's uh, the best type of thing. It is, man. It is, and and there's nothing but
1: there's nothing that can take away that positivity going into, you know, the draft, and and uh, it'll be nice. I can ignore the first night of the draft. Now I got that's a huge weekend. The Avengers in game comes out. We can just we got focus the on the of Avengers yeah. As I'm, I'm, chug, I'm chugging through Game of Thrones, man. I... I'm through season five. I got yelled at for saying something for a show that's freaking been out for two years now i I think the statue of
0: limitations is up on that it's been it's as an aside it's been really fun to sort of relive some of those episodes through somebody's eyes who hasn't seen it yet so every time you've tweeted something about a big event it's made me chuckle because it is it never gets old seeing people's reactions to some of the crazy scenes that have gone down so i'm very i'm thrilled that you're getting into it and we'll be ready to uh watch the final season with the rest of us hell yeah man
1: good times looking forward to it and we'll just keep this trend anytime we get some breaking news maybe a draft night breaking news thing we'll we'll jump on again i like doing these buddy
0: yeah this is fun and uh be sure to uh subscribe to both jake's excellent podcast brown's film breakdown as well as uh my own the rebuild we are blow both on blue wire and you can find them itunes spotify art 19 uh or wherever you get your podcasts and uh yeah, an exciting time to be a Browns fan, an exciting time to get to talk about the Browns on, on podcasts. So, uh, yeah, continue to follow both Jake and I, and uh, we, will, we will try to continue to give you guys really good stuff, really good insight, really good guests. And, uh, yeah, we will, uh, we will be talking to you guys again soon.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history